Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're throwing a little curveball your way. Instead of getting Mike and Beth, you're getting Mika and Adam. Because that's what we do. We throw curveballs at you. Just when you think you're getting comfortable, just when you're like, ah, oh, man, this is good, we, we just flip the switch on you. Mika, Adam, how are you guys doing today, tonight, this fine evening? Well, yeah. 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 Um, before we begin, I would like to remind all of you that this show is brought to you by Patreon. You should go to patreon.com slash blueshirtbanter and donate money to us because it's good for you. It's good for your health, if you get what I'm saying. And if that sounds threatening, it's supposed to be. John J. Porter, Anthony Viola, Guy from Montana, Daniel DeGen, Eric Cohn, Matt Bader, George Lippman, Dan Lynch, John Reppy, Arch Williams, Igor Zatlovsky, Zachary Zetlin, Dan Carosi, Alexander Thornton, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kepner, and Michael Silvers, who's in the chat room for the first time today uh, in months because he's betrayed us. All of them donate to this show, and you should too, because if you do, you will hear me say your name, and what is better than that? I don't think there's anything better than that. I've had people come up to me and say, can you say my name on the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, just go donate to Patreon. They'll do it, and they do it. That's actually never happened before, but it will. I think I have a good, I have a good feeling on that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what blows my mind is that, and like I mean, like don't get me wrong, I appreciate everyone contributing and all that, but like if someone told me right now, like yo, Adam, like Bono is downstairs, and if you pay ten dollars, you can go meet him, I'd kind of be like, ah, like I'm kind of lazy, no, I don't, whatever. And all these people are contributing to listen to me when they're expecting best. So well. Thank you, everyone, for your poor decisions. You're not really a uh, you're you're a pretty bad salesman, is what I'm is what I'm yeah. driving at here. You've yeah. you've totally actually. I see people removing their Patreon subscription <laughs> as you should be doing it. Um, yeah, we're in so. a good mood, but this is a sad start to the podcast because we have lost a good one, Oscar Lindbergh. He's in a better place now, and that place is Las Vegas. You know, I've been thinking about this. From a, if I was a professional hockey player, and I did not have a life like like a settled down life, I didn't have a wife. Maybe I have a girlfriend, whatever. I definitely don't have kids or like a house or anything. And I was a younger kid looking for like an opportunity to get my start. I would, I think I'd friggin' love Vegas. Got the oh, yeah. casinos right there, great restaurants, playing hockey. It might get old after a while, but for the first month or so, I, I think it would be. I, I think I'd be into it. I really do. So hopefully, yep. Lindbergh is gambling somewhere and having a good time. Um, sure. I'm Could very sad to see Lindbergh go. I, I think he was the. Uh, I think he was the worst of the four players who were available in terms of long-term opportunity to to make the team better. Um, the Rangers did not cut a deal with Vegas. Ronta was not taken. And I think some of that was a little bit of the surprises of goaltenders who were unprotected when Vegas came up to pick. But it was Lindbergh. Fast, I don't know if the injury had anything to do with it, but I, I was always of the mind that if Vegas was smart, and, it, and listen, George McPhee is a guy who traded uh, Forsberg for uh, Martin Erat, so there's that did a pretty damn good job with the expansion draft. And yeah, he held a gun to a lot of teams' heads, but I was a little surprised at how well 
he handled the situation. And, uh, I know Mika has plenty of expansion thoughts, so I'll let him jump in on that one. Um, well, I guess it, it's kind of like if there wasn't a deal, there's a lot of similarity between, in terms of like how much it hurts to lose. Like very much the Rangers were kind of in the middle, where they're not totally, they're not leveraged really against the expansion like some teams really, really were, but they weren't, um, un, they weren't immune to it either. Like you know Arizona or Vancouver, um, so it, it without a deal, and obviously the deal would have been you know Holden or Klein to dump salary, or you know maybe Ranta if you kind of buy into how replaceable he is. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not nothing. But the, generally, like, it could have gone four ways, and there would have been a lot of, you know, similarity between who gets impacted and who, and who gets not. Adam, any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, you know, a good way to describe it is that it's not the end of the world, but it's it's not nothing either. You know, I, I think some people are really underestimating how easy it is going to be to replace the you know a proven young sender because um, we, we've seen multiple years now for the Rangers for other teams you know uh, how tough that hole can be you know to fill there are plenty of guys out there you know who can win face-offs and you know they're the block shots and then four check but you know legitimately guys who can you know keep stride with you know a legitimate uh, you know uh, in an active fourth line like the Rangers had last year, which, you know, made a huge difference. Um, yeah, there's definitely options. As I, you know, check out Blueshirt Banners, you know, from today. I posted an article with some solutions, but um, it, 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 it's not, you know, a cakewalk for sure. Um, but, but uh, you know, like Mika said, you know, other teams had it much, much worse um, than the Rangers did. So, you know, we, we take it. It is what it is and move on. Well, if you look at the deals that some of these teams had to consummate to keep their players, I mean, Columbus, I, mm. I for the life of me, do not have any idea what they were thinking. I, I don't know if there was really anybody on that unprotected list that was worth the amount that they gave up, unless getting rid of the Clarkson contract was that big of a, of a benefit for them financially, and maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what the Islanders traded away, I mean, you're, you, it's just it's a lot, and the Rangers were supposedly hot and heavy on a deal for Ranta before the draft, right before the trade freeze. Uh, that never happened. It was rumored that Calgary was the team. They traded for Mike Smith uh, from Arizona. So now that's out the window. There's rumors that Arizona's looking for a goalie and Stepan was rumored to be involved with Arizona pre-draft. So there's definitely a lot going on right now for the Rangers. And uh, the question that I've gotten a lot of, because we've talked about, maybe building outward by trading Stepan for say a D'Angelo or a Strom from Arizona, getting a young player who can kind of step in signing Joe Thornton over the off season to take over Stepan's role, quote unquote, um, and then kind of leveraging yourself with Smith and Chattenkirk back into a, a respectable top mm-hmm. four. I guess the question now becomes without Lindbergh, are you as likely to make a move like that? because you're not as strong down the middle. My guess would be yes. Listen, I love Oscar Lindbergh. I called 
his selection the worst case scenario for the Rangers, but I didn't mean it as in this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to the team. I meant between right. the four players that the Rangers put out there, Lindbergh was the one you wanted to keep. I get like the instant, what have you done for me now? Michael Grabner scored 27 goals. If Grabner scores 15 goals next year, I'll be shocked. That doesn't mean he's not a valuable player. It just means that he is a very flash-in-the-pan goal scorer. It's what he's been his entire career. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he proves me wrong. I don't know. But you get him for another year, and if he does score another 27 goals, he's not going to be $1.2 million, and you're not going to keep him anyway. So whatever. Losing Ronto would have been unfortunate because the Rangers supposedly have deals that are relatively close to being consummated for him. Now, that hasn't happened yet either, but so be it. And Fast, I mean, I think he was the one that I would prefer to have been taken of of the group. Uh, I like Fast a lot, but between him and Lindbergh, I think Lindbergh has a little bit more offensive upside, and Lindbergh's a center. Granted, Fast has the uh, elusive Elaine Vigneault seal of approval, but... um, that is a different topic and a different conversation. So back to my original point before I rambled off, Adam, do you think this changes the way the Rangers are going to look at Derek Stepan? And just as a reminder to those of you who maybe aren't as in tune with the current situation, Stepan has a no trade clause that kicks in on seven one. So if you're going to move Derek Stepan, you're going to do it this week and you have the freedom to trade him wherever you want. Once that 7-1 window comes by, you, you lose a lot of the leverage that, that you have in that situation. So um, do you think losing Lindbergh changes that strategy? Do you think it, it doesn't matter like I do? I mean, yeah, there's definitely yeah, a lot I, of confusion here. Could it? Could it? I mean, I don't know. The Rangers could do whatever you know, whatever they want, so who knows. But if it were me, I would not change it at all because, because look, I've, I'm a you know, big Oscar Lindbergh fan. I've been, you know, watching him since he was in Swedish Hockey League, Swedish Elite League. I watched him for multiple years in Hartford, and obviously with the Rangers. I'm a huge fan of his game. I wanted the Rangers to keep him, but at the end of the day, I don't think he has top six ability. And so, you know, so look, if you, if you trade step on, is, is, is Lindbergh going into, you know, into that role? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, so. So look, and, and you know, again, as I said, replacing him isn't easy, but um, it, it is possible. And, you know, so if you're not replacing him without Stepan, there's, there's, no, there's no deal that the Rangers could make to replace him now that wouldn't be possible with a different center edition as well, if that makes sense. There's no reason they can't make two center editions, one a top, more top six edition and one a, a depth edition. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't think if you're the Rangers, this should – uh, it changes the fact that you need two centers, obviously, but if you do that, but I don't think this should change in the slightest, you know, how they should maneuver with one player that, in, you know, in a trade that has implications for half a decade, probably. So, no, I don't, I don't think you make a, such a big decision on, you know, what is, relatively speaking, a much smaller move. Mika? Yeah, uh, the 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 center discussions, like for whatever they were um, before expansion, um, obviously Lindbergh, you lose Lindbergh, like now that hole gets bigger. Um, so you're gonna, ha- <laughs> so I guess it only changes, you know, you're gonna have to replace Lindbergh theoretically. Um, but it, it's almost like the Rangers just were kind of content to take expansion on on the nose and move on. So if that, if the, you know, if they didn't even get compliant till till way 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 at the end when they signed Poople. So. Uh, if it, 
Poople. Uh, sorry. If it, if it, so I don't think it changes like their plan or anything. But uh, as far as center, the, I don't think you can do it through free agency. So I think the, the chance of a center-related trade goes up. But uh, I think the Rangers were probably just content to to lose a Lindbergh and then move on. It, it seems to me. Which one of you is outside of a park right now? I'm outside right now. Oh, you're outside. I could hear the children screaming and playing, living the good life. Um, I'll go outside. It's fine. You can you can do what you want. You've only ruined the show, and now everybody who's listening, who were Patreon subscribers, are now leaving Patreon. I'm watching it happen. Um, I'm really so. I guess the next question becomes: Do you see the Rangers trading Stepan? There was a whole to do about nothing with this roster freeze, where everybody was supposed to be making these deals with Vegas. Everybody was trying to get themselves compliant. And like I said before, obviously George McPhee did a really good job grabbing these teams by the throat and saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to basically threaten you with the player that we're going to take, and you're going to give us the best offer that you can not take him. And the deals that they cut seem to have benefited them quite a bit. I mean, they got a great prospect from Anaheim. They got first-round picks. They have three of the first 15 first-round picks. It's ridiculous. They got, they're making more moves now with players that they picked to flip to other teams. There's a lot of moving parts here, so I definitely understand that it's somewhat confusing. But I think that Vegas has kind of changed the landscape a little bit of, okay, we thought everybody was going to make these trades so that they could all be compliant, and that's not really the way that it worked. Teams would rather deal with Vegas than deal with everybody else in the NHL. And I do understand that because uh, the motto of other general managers, don't throw life jackets to help you if you're drowning, I, I think that's true. They, they really don't. They look to help themselves. So do you trade Derek Stepan right now if you're the New York Rangers? Do you find, and I, I understand that, quote-unquote, it has to be the right deal, which was the, yeah. what I took yesterday or last week, which is the idea that I took. It, it, you're not just trading him to create cap space. You're not just trading him to get rid of him. He's not a bad player. You're trading him because you're trying to get value for him. Last summer, Jeff Gordon traded Broussard a year too early, which is exactly what you should be doing. Because if Broussard had the year he just had for Ottawa with the Rangers, you're never getting a player like Mika Zibanejad. That's why it's so important to trade high when you see that happening. So is that moment going on with Derek Stepan? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Stepan has a lot of value that people don't see. But when you turn around and you look at this team and you look at what they can do, I do see the benefits of moving Stepan in the right type of a deal. The Rangers have to get younger. The Rangers have to get their prospect pool restated. They have to. They don't have a choice. I don't know if the Rangers could have even played ball with Vegas because the Rangers don't have the assets that Vegas would even be looking for for a deal. Maybe you combine, do a little parlay with Stepan and Ranta to Arizona would be a fit, but there are other teams too. I think Stepan's name at least needs to be talked about because I think you need to see what you can get for him. And you could probably get a lot, I would think. Adam, save me, I'm rambling. Yeah, I, I, like you said, it's a bit of a cop-out, but obviously you know, it has to be a right, a right deal, right price uh uh, you know, kind of thing. I think it's, it, you know, 
a bit different compared to, you know, let's say, let's say two years ago where the Rangers were going to be over budget. They had excess players. And so it was a matter of any, you know, somewhat reasonable deal for Carl Hagelin and Cam Talbot, you know, they were going because that was just kind of, you know, that's what they had to do. Um, there's pressure to make change to the roster, but there's not, um, you know, a, a, a financial crunch per se that's, that, that is literally forcing their hands. Um, and there, there's not a, you know, internal promotions necessary forcing their hand either. So, you know, the, the problem becomes, you know, and this is where, this is where it gets tricky is because I don't think you can look at it just like that with Stefan. You need to say, if you're not trading him, where where are you where are you getting your defensive improvement from? Either from where are you acquiring it from, or how are you affording it? Um, because you know that's kind of the tough one. Is that would would people be okay with the Rangers doing nothing? You know, and you know maybe signing you know a decent number four defenseman and, and making another Nick Holden kind of trade, and then using their internal depth options and you know a Ryan Graves and Neil Pionk. I don't I don't know if the Rangers are okay with that and I don't know if that that's kind of the uh you know plan they can they can present after talking so so much about, you know, making changes to the core and um you know, revamping the defense, making it faster and you know, adding someone. I don't <laughs> from that standpoint I think that's the question is if you're not trading stuff on then what are you doing? Cuz something has happened, right? You'd think trading Stepan, let's start over for a minute. You buy out Dan Girardi, which actually, did we, that happened, did that happen this week? Did we talk about that on the last podcast? I don't think we did. I don't even, I don't even know. We didn't even talk about Dan Girardi. Well, we'll get to that in a minute then. Wow, that is, uh, I don't <laughs> forget that one. That is. Every, every day of this expansion draft drama has felt like it, a It's week. true. It just, it pulls like, it, it's like pulling your hair out. It really is. Yeah, like the Girardi thing feels like just totally old news by now. There was so <laughs> there was so much that happened between here and I can't believe we forgot about that. It's not even in the title of the podcast. <laughs> I think that would be the biggest news. Jesus. Um, anyway, I have to reset now. You buy out Girardi. You're, Gordon is obviously moving in the correct direction, right? Like you get rid of Girardi, you do the right thing there. Now you have an open spot on the top pairing with McDonough. Are you going to use Shattenkirk there? Or there was rumors the Rangers are trying to swing a deal for Truba again. Larry Brooks seems to believe that there's not going to be a single trade for Derek Stepan unless it's for, what do you say, a top-pairing defenseman like a Truba or whatnot. Then he also said that he yeah. couldn't see any reason why Kevin Shattenkirk might want to stay or pay less money to come to the hometown New York Rangers, yeah. and Adam gave nine reasons why that was stupid. So there are definitely a lot of moving picks or moving parts, but when you get rid of Girardi, that doesn't scream, Hey, this is the only thing we're doing this summer. That screams, Hey, we have a plan and we're going to try to figure it out. Now I don't doubt that the Vegas situation has kind of screwed over the maybe normalcy of what this time would be like, which is already chaotic because Vegas a lot of teams that maybe could have made deals have already made deals with Vegas. We've seen two defensemen come off the board from Vegas that would have been good targets for the Rangers to have. There are a couple of other players who are unprotected who, again, would have been good targets for the Rangers to have. 
the one true benefit of this chaos is you can very clearly point at a team and know what players they do and do not value based on who they left unprotected. That's not to say that Anaheim doesn't think that the defensemen that they paid to keep on the team aren't good, but it means that when push came to shove, they were willing to expose those players over the players that they protected. So Gordon does sort of have an open book test here where he can look around the league and say, oh, that's interesting. They didn't protect Sammy Vatnin or, wow, they didn't protect Theodore or whatever it is and go after those teams and see if you can't do something about it. But that also means that those teams are cutting deals with Vegas and Montreal took a defenseman that I think the Rangers probably should have been in on. Um, yep. Those, those deals might not be there this year because Vegas is such a, an unknown entity. There's never been anything like this in recent memory. There's been expansion yep. before and there have been expansion drafts before, but it's never been like this. And I don't think a team has taken this type of an approach where Vegas is pretty much saying, we will take every asset we can get to build a team rather than just go in and try to be as good as possible, which is the way I think they should look at it. But it does throw a wrench in the, hey, listen, this is what, oh, I guess we did, Arvor Green is saying we, we did talk about this last week, the, the Girardi thing. So I guess that's good. We talked, and I just don't remember. I'm a terrible podcast host. But that is a good reminder that you should go to patreon.com and donate to the podcast. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that trade is going to be out there anymore. I really don't. But something has to happen. I, I can't believe nothing would happen. It, it would shock me if it was just, hey, we got rid of Girardi. Um, yeah, we're going to see what happens. Because, and Adam, you can speak more to this than I can. The only person who I would say even has a remote chance of stepping up into the NHL next year in the Rangers farm system is Ryan Graves. And I don't know if I see that happening, but you can, you can take that away. Well, I mean, he'll be in the competition for sure. Uh, you know, there's, there's kind of three classifications, you know, there's, there's last year with, with VC and Butch Navich where, you know, the Rangers in the summer are penciling them into the starting lineup and they're going to have to give you a reason why they're not going to be there, you know? And then there's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, which is like, we're going to keep an open mind and give you a chance, but you know, that's, that's not what we're planning on, which was maybe, you know, Anthony Duclair a few years ago and he kind of defied the odds and made it this year. That's probably how they'll see things with, um, you know, Sean Day, you know, like, look, we're going to act as if you're in the competition, but that's not really what we're planning is. And then, you know, there's the middle ground, which is uh, Ryan Graves, um, Barry Glazov, Neil Pionk, which is you're in the mix. You know, one of you, I think, is probably going to get a job. We're open to maybe two. Um, but one, I think you're getting one defenseman there, maybe two if you're lucky. But I don't think you can, you know, I don't think the Rangers can sit here and, and say, um, you know, we have two defensemen there that we're ready to charge into a Stanley Cup run with next April. So, yeah, they've, they've, they've got to make additions. Um, and, and, you know, look, we all, not, I won't speak for everyone, but I think many people think that even, you know, Girardi is just an addition by subtraction, that even if you, you know, let's say, move Brendan Smith up to the top pairing and Nick Holden second pairing and, you know, it's Ryan Grace in the third pairing. That's a much better defense. But is that um, a Stanley Cup defense? You know, I don't know. So I think I don't know if that's enough. 
They've got they've got to do something. And you know, I, I think I think the biggest issue with this off season is it's not just how Vegas is operating or the fact that the player pool is a bit better, but that this is the first expansion draft that's ever happened in the salary cap era. And that, that changes everything because it's not just which player do we want to lose, which player do we want to keep, it's which players can we afford to lose, which players can we afford to keep, you know? And if, you know, which players can Vegas afford to keep? So it, it kind of just, we know that teams and players and agents and coaches and whoever else, you know, everyone, everyone in life, you know, they have their habits that we're creatures of habit, and this is unprecedented. So I, I think a lot of people are kind of just, you know, improvising. So, you know, people don't really know what to do. So it's going to, at some point, you know, everyone's going to move their chips into the middle of the table. But for now, I think a lot of people are afraid to be the first mover. Well, like I said, it's uncharted territory, and guys probably – General managers don't want to be the first people or the first guy to jump into the pool and start drowning and have to get saved by like the lifeguard. You know what I mean? It's Mm. you don't know what you're getting into. And the of the rumored destinations for Derek Stepan, we have Arizona, we have maybe Montreal for Galchenyuk. Um, God, there is so. Here's the other thing about Stepan that's interesting. Apparently, the Rangers had a deal in place for Derek Stepan last summer, but the deal was contingent on something else happening, and we don't know what that something else was. Uh, maybe it was a player yeah. being available on the draft board, which uh, makes the most sense to me, and he wasn't there. I know for a fact that the Rangers were very interested in Keller last year, and that obviously yeah. didn't happen, so... Maybe they were hoping he was going to be on the board. Some of the trade partners that we're looking at last year were uh, really Minnesota, I think, was the, the biggest one about sending Stepan back home um, because you, you try to pinpoint some of that stuff, you know what I mean? And, and it's almost impossible to, to really figure anything out. The Rangers are so tight-lipped with what it is that they're uh, – with what it is that they do and all – all of their information is never leaked through the media. It's leaked by the team themselves when they make an announcement. It's not even really a leak. So, um, I, but I think that was the holdup on my end or on their end. That's what I think. I don't actually know that. But Keller went to Arizona, ironically enough, seventh yep. overall. And maybe he's part of this deal that's been rumored with Arizona right now. Arizona yep. kind of is in a position where they just got rid of Shane Doan. Like, they have to do something. They need to make the playoffs. They need to start kicking this this thing into gear rather than, hey, we're going to take as many prospects as we possibly can and just get these assets and do whatever. And this seems like the perfect opportunity to do something. When I look at the draft board right now, I look at Arizona having a 7th and a 23rd overall pick. The Rangers could do something there. They have prospects that they might not even be looking at for roles next year who could very well play for the New York Rangers. Strom, D'Angelo, there's a lot that you can look at there. So are those deals on the table? I, I don't know. I do think that at some point we're going to have to see some type of movement from Jeff Gordon. And the first things that we've seen, the Girardi buyout mainly, makes you feel a little good about the direction they're heading, hopefully. But, but there's still a lot going on. There really is. And it's I've never been in a situation where there's been so many moving pieces before. Vegas' deals were like there's two different trade partners and they're flipping players and it's a lot. It's just a lot. Um, do you see Ronta getting moved? 
because he's the other guy that's kind of been rumored in this mm, the Rangers are going to do a lot of things type of mentality. The only thing that I will say before I give it over to Mika, who has not spoken in 20 minutes and could be passed out, I don't know, is the Benoit Allaire school of quality goaltending creation is in full force. The Rangers have turned pretty much three players into very quality backup goaltenders who they've, in some cases, traded off their assets. I have no doubt in my mind that the Rangers could do that again if they needed to. But, Mika, do you see Ronta going anywhere? Um, he could, I suppose. Um, it, a lot of it's going to come down to, like, what is their plan and how do they get there? Um, it's, it's, like, like you said, Shattenkirk it revolves a lot around Shattenkirk. Um, like, if you do the math and you say that, okay, let's say Klein, let's say Klein retires, so Benajad you lock up for $5 million a year, and let's say Fast gets, like, 1.5 on some deal. Um, that, you ha- that means you'd have five spots left with, with about $10 million. So if you're going after Shattenkirk, um, that's going to eat up, like, just about all that money. You know what I mean? So if that's the plan, all else equal, um, you know, resign Zimenejad long, resign fast, like, you know, a year or two, get Shattenkirk, and then you kind of middle out the last, like, three or four depth spots with guys making, you know, less than a million dollars. And that would be a deficit with Lindbergh, probably, you'd imagine. So, like, unless they're going to do that, um, it's going to have to come from trades. And so if you're looking at Stepan um, or Ranta, um, and, and the idea is, like, you know, it would coincide with dumping salary to, you know, do something else. Um, but and, and there's there's probably a better way to a better better way to cut um, than step on. Um, we, I'll just put that out like that. But uh, as for as for Ranta, um, one thing you want to consider is that Lundqvist, like, he's going to be needing less and less time. Like as he gets older, like, you know, you're going to be calling on a goalie to play a lot more. Or maybe not a lot more, but in theory, it'll, it, it's going to get up and up. And Ranta is like really good for that bang for buck. Um, whether you could like trade him and then you know get a free agent or get an acquisition back for that's also less than a million dollars, because you really probably don't want to you know replace Ranta with something that costs more and gets you less. Um, but it, it, it's all going to come down to what is their plan and how can they afford it. And like if they just want to spend all their money on Shattenkirk and that's like the only change, um, that's one thing. But I, I would you would think that there'd be a trade, and depending on what their motives are, you know, like are they really trying to get the cup next year? Um, you know, are they doing stuff that are, that's more thoughtful? Uh, you know, two, three, four years down the line, that it all applies. So, who knows what Gordon's thinking? But uh, I don't think Stepan or Ron is the place to cut. Um, to be honest with you. <clears throat> So that's actually interesting that you say that because, I, I, like I said, it is sort of a cop-out to say, oh, trading Stepan is the right move, but it has to be the right deal. You're saying that's not the place to cut, but what are your – give me like your – if you were Jeff Gordon, what would you do? If you're, you don't want to get rid of Stepan, you don't want to get rid of Ronto, which I don't think is a stupid you're, – you're not wrong to think that way. People yeah. have undervalued Stepan for a really long time, and I really – I just don't understand it. But what are your moves then? I mean, like, just, like, off the, off the top of my head, um, I would, like, maybe try and trade, like, Nash for Neal, where, like, you know, you, you, you just trim $3 million, um, and then, like, you take that $3 million, and then maybe you can go after Shattenkirk and a Cody Franson or um, Shattenkirk and Smith, um, if that's the way you want to go. Um, but there's, like, you could do – the other thing is if you acquire young guys, they're cheap. You know what I mean? So if the Rangers are going to liquidate, you know, 
a, a, a step on or someone um, to get prospects back. That also coincides with the fact that, you know, if they're, if they're going to blow their load on Shattenkirk, they're going to need those um, very high-quality bang-for-buck contracts um, because, you know, players don't get paid very well until at least, like, they're in their fourth or fifth year, if that. So that's just something that kind of will coincide with it, but it all just depends on, like, what's the driving motive. Yeah, it's, there's a, like I said, the pressure for trading Stepan really revolves around the fact that he has a no-movement clause that kicks in. So are you willing to kind of wait that? Are you willing to wait that out? And, and I am. I think like, Stepan's only 26 years old. There's a lot of people who treat him like he's in his 30s. This is not a guy that is going to be crawling to the tail end of his contract. That's just not what this is. And there were a lot of people who were saying the Rangers should have never protected Stepan. They should have protected Lindbergh. It's insanity. Lindbergh's 25. It's not like there's... I don't get it. I really don't understand some of the thought processes. But if you're not going to trade Stepan, you need to revamp this defense and you need to revamp this prospect pool somehow. You have to change something. So maybe it isn't Stepan, maybe it isn't Ranta, but I don't see another outlet that's going to net the Rangers as much. And again, this is not saying that a guy like Stepan deserves to be traded, but Stepan is in prime trade a year too early rather than a year too late territory. Now, with Stepan, the risk is maybe you're trading two or three years too early. But if you're getting a guy like Strom and D'Angelo, if you're getting a package that you can utilize right now, and if you are confident that you can bring in a guy like Thornton, I don't think you're making the Rangers any worse. If anything, you're making them better. Um, I am Adam, you've been on the Thornton train for a while, though. I'm curious what your thoughts are on yeah. if he fits and if he's something that maybe the Rangers should be looking into. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to reveal where, who and why and how and what, but, you know, uh, Thornton, when there was, you know, all the drama a few years ago with, with him and, and, you know, general manager Doug Wilson and the, the captaincy being stripped and the Sharks trying to push trades for him, you know, kind of the Carmelo Anthony route, you know, and he was resisting, you know, what I found out was that he had absolutely no plan to leave San Jose, but in a, in a theoretical world where, you know, they just, you know, they were able to force the move or, you know, they, they contracted whatever, you know, the Rangers would be, are, you know, if 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 not the top winning spot for him, then 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 one of them. You know, obviously New York is a is a great city that speaks for itself. You know, contending at least in theory, contending team. Um, he's he's longtime friends with with Rick Nash. You know, and they you know surely the Rangers would say, look, you guys of course will be on the line together. Um, so so sure. Uh, obviously he's. He's not the player he used to be, but you know he he's still an unbelievably good player, um, even if even by you know most conservative measures measures if you get you know 45 points out of him, you know combined with all the other things he brings to the table, in terms of just a year by year evaluation, how far off is that from Derek Stepan for you know probably a, a, a lesser price and then you're getting assets on top of that, so you know. It's, the problem is that we have to evaluate all these things kind of, you know, compartmentalized, but it all, it all, it all comes together. And that's what ultimately decides, you know, okay, 
is it this trade, is it this trade, you know, do we sign this guy? Uh, and that's kind of the problem with the whole Stefan situation is that, you know, who who are you, whom are you getting in return? How is that space, that, the cap space being utilized? What sensors can you get to replace him? Uh, so it, it's, it's a difficult puzzle. Um, but Thornton, and, you know, the same is true for Marlowe, kind of similar situation. Um, I don't know his personal feelings, the way I do Thornton, but we do know that Marlowe was on, uh, or the Rangers were on Marlowe's list for preferred trade targets when he was going through a similar thing with San Jose. So um, both Thornton and Marlowe are free agents. Uh, so yeah, why not? If if you're trading Stefan, if that's the decided the mess, you know, the route that's been decided, then that seems like a pretty good compromise on, you know, how to make a move that opens up salary cap space and you know, addresses the future while still not sacrificing so much for, you know, a win-now window. And Thornton really just needs to replace Stepan's offense. And Thornton's not a bad player in his own zone either, so we're not yeah. talking about a major drop-off here. The The drop-off is the, the age difference, and the Rangers are moving in a direction where – Henrik Lundqvist is not getting any younger, but, like, now we mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. We talk mm-hmm. about yeah. 32 and 33 and whatever, but, like, now it's not a game anymore, and the Rangers have already wasted two prime years with some of this nonsense, so you kind of have to get it together at this point. And I think Thornton is one of those players who he doesn't have a ring yet. He lost in the Stanley Cup two years ago, the Stanley Cup final. This is a guy who has the ability maybe not to be the game breaker that he was, but to be an effective player. Yep. You'd have to assume Zibanejad is ready to take on that top line center role. If Stepan's if Stepan's not there, maybe Thornton's the second center and Hayes is your third, or maybe yeah, Hayes or, is your second. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, or, or it doesn't even matter. You know, look at the 2000, 2014 run, you know, who was the first line center? Was it Stefan? Was it Broussard? Was it Richards? You know, it was kind of just committee type thing. And, you know, and, you know, the Rangers didn't have one great center, but they had three pretty damn good ones um, at that point. And, you know, that was good enough. So mm-hmm. you look at Zibanejad, Thornton, Hayes, who's the first on center, you know, I don't know, but they have three really good centers. And, you know, that, that might, assuming they address big, uh, you know, issues elsewhere, that might be good enough. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely – oh, Mika, do you want to add anything on that? Um, you know, not really, but I just uh, – I, I think you put it well. Like, you know, Lundqvist isn't getting older, but, like, for real, for real this time. For real, uh, not kidding this time. Yeah, it, it's a really good way to put it. And just, like, how like how 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 does that, among other things, kind of govern, you know, like, are you willing to take a hit, you know, three years from now um, this came up with like the dead cap space too, and like there was the bar- talking about you know who to buy out and why, and took the concerns of you know the cap the cap uh, the, the dead cap, <clears throat> and you know what do you get now versus what do you have to pay later, so uh, it's it, it very much dependent on like what Gordon's actually going to do with like how he views you know a 2018 cup 20 you know it, it's it's totally like relative. Now we move to the most important maybe moment of the podcast where Adam tells us about the draft, which is tomorrow. Or if you're listening, you need to, well, it's Friday. It's Friday. The 23rd is the draft. I don't know. A lot of people listen to the show on archive. 
if you're listening after the 23rd, then it was before. And if you, if you're, whatever, Adam, talk about who you think the Rangers should take, what you like, what the deal is. Yeah, it, it's it's hard it's hard to you know predict because you know usually it's that the Rangers have you know a mid to late second round pick and like look like at that point it's just you know throwing darts so I can just kind of have fun with it and get creative and like look if they don't pick someone that I you know focused in on then like you know what what did you expect you know but now it's kind of there's probably going to be you know eight eight or so guys that are you know, truly in the, in their wheelhouse and you can, you know, eliminate the goalies in all likelihood simply because they need talent everywhere else. Uh, so, so yeah, there, there are a lot of, a lot of, you know, phenomenally talented players. This is, you know, as you know, worst kept secret right now is that this is not the strongest draft, but that, that speaks more to, I think the top 15 picks, I think, you know the the next fifteen, next twenty, aren't too far off from any other any other year. Um, besides maybe two thousand fifteen, I don't know. But you know, anyway, uh, definitely a handful of players. Uh, I profiled one in, in defenseman Connor Timmins, who was a teammate of Tim Gettinger and Brandon Halverson in the OHL. Um, but, you know, I think we kind of just, you know, despite need, I think we kind of got the idea that Rangers could be forward-leaning forward um, this year simply because, well, for a lot of reasons, because there's there's a lot of forwards available in the area where the Rangers are picking 21st. You know, but also uh, when, you, when you look at guys, you know, ready for promotion to, to um, the Rangers from Hartford, maybe not immediately, maybe not next year, but, you know, relatively soon, you know, we brought up the depth defenseman who, you know, could soon be making the jump. They don't really have anyone that forward like that, you know. So I, I think they'd be happy to just add a, a, you know, a nice solid forward that they can reasonably count on um, making the lineup in a few years. Um, you know, one guy we talked about before the podcast started um, that, you know, we both love is Kelly Yamamoto, who you know, kind of fits, fits, you know, the, the – um, if you're if you're going to get you know if you're going to be one of those teams that lands you know a star or at least a really good player you know in the late rounds then you know everyone's like how'd that guy drop he's the kind of guy because um, you know very good skater great hand-eye coordination great vision uh, super athletic super strong but he's you know I think five five eight five nine and uh, you know that can be kind of the the, the death knell for for forwards, you know, in the draft, teams love their size. Even if it's not, you know, big body, you know, they're they're afraid to take smaller guys, you know, no matter the talent. So that's one guy I would really, you know, I think the Rangers are really hoping, I would hope they hope falls their way. Um, you know, a few other options in, in uh, Nick Suzuki, who's become kind of, I would say, the fancy, the fancy stat favorite of sorts because again, similar situation. When you compare his numbers to previous draft el- eligibles, you know it's a lot of super talented NHL or all stars, superstars, whatever. But you know, needs to gain weight, is on the shorter side, doesn't have you know the gritty immediate NHL game right now. Um, so so those are the two forwards that I think the Rangers are crossing their fear- fingers on 
hope in uh, uh, hoping the fall. Um, yeah, and uh, beyond that, it, it's really just tough because we don't know how things are going to shake out. I I think personally, the Rangers um, would be wise to to trade back a bit because we know how badly they need draft picks. Um, and you look at a lot of teams: Toronto, now Vegas, now Arizona. There are a lot of teams that have more draft picks than they can realistically use, and they might be a team that says, "Okay, well, let's you know." not be spread so thin and instead move up a bit and the Rangers can, you know, the Rangers just need as many lottery tickets as possible right now to fill the cupboard. So I would be perfectly fine with them picking up 21, but I think in an ideal world, you move back maybe five, six spots, grab a guy you wanted anyway, and you have a, you know, a late second round pick to go with it. This seems like the draft to trade back rather than trade up. And yep. there are, a lot of people make comparisons to drafts where they're talking about, hey, this is a weaker draft, or hey, maybe this isn't the best draft in the world. But like Adam alluded to, they're really talking about the top five or the top ten. For most drafts, the, the 20 to 100 range is all the same. And the exceptional drafts, maybe that's not the case. Maybe one through 30 or one through 40 are, are legit. Um, but there are diamonds in the rough all over the place. The Rangers don't have their second or third round pick thanks to the Brennan Smith trade. Um, And I don't mean that negatively. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, Do you think, you know, maybe Yamamoto is on the board still or Tolvanen or Brandstrom or whoever, there's maybe three or four players that the Rangers have targeted as guys that they like are still on the board at 21. Maybe you trade back to 23 or 24 or 25 and you get a second round pick and you pick one of those guys still. I, I don't yep. think I see anyone in the Rangers' wheelhouse, and what I mean by that is guys that I think are falling to 21 who are – I see a lot of guys who are in the same territory. Yamamoto, Tolovin, Brandstrom, guys that I'd be happy if they took any of them. And, you know, is – if you have maybe, say, Elias uh, Peterson is falling maybe or Suzuki is Elias falling Peterson, or what, yeah. whatever it is. Maybe then you, you think about it. But for the most part, I don't think there's going to be a ton of surprises. Uh, maybe there's going to be a couple of surprises as to who goes first or who gets taken fifth instead of eighth. But I, I think when the Rangers watch this draft board shake out, a few very good players who can make a difference for this team are going to be on the draft board. And if that's the case, maybe you get an offer for somebody to move up and you, you add picks on the back end. I don't think there's any reason yeah. why that's a bad strategy. But like Adam said, if you pick a 21, great. Uh, maybe you don't think Yamamoto is going to last, and that's the guy. So be it. You know? Yeah. You don't. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I'm, you really. Go ahead. I would say, you know, and, and not to contradict myself completely here, but on the other hand, look, if, if, a, if a Nick Suzuki, you know, or an Elias Peterson falls to 15, you know, and you have a chance to grab an arguably top five talent, you know, at that point, do you make a move? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so it's a bit tough. I, th- I think, you know, and again, it's been kind of a podcast for cop-outs, but uh, I think the Rangers will know after 10 to 12 picks, you know, where they stand. You know, if, if there's a, if there's that one or two guys, one or two guys that, you know, is going to be available at 15, 16, and suddenly, like, look, like, whatever we give up is a means to an end. Like, we got a guy who's going to be a star. You know, whatever, go for it. 
you know, but I, I don't think this is a, a, you know, a draft where you, where you move up just to move up because I think there are going to be guys, you know, that some teams value at eight, that other teams value at, you know, 28, which is true every year, but I think this year even more, more so. Um, so unless there's that one guy, if it's a Suzuki or someone else, like I think kind of just stand put, you know, see, see what develops. If, if a Yamamoto or someone else is there for you at 21, grab them. Otherwise, look, like, you know, bank's open. Let's, let's, you know, let's see what you're offering. Bank is open. Mika, thoughts on the draft? Um, I just hope they get, they get someone that's big and tough. Right, Joe? That is, before the draft began, I, I said, and I, I think this rule should <laughs> live for eternity, if the first thing you hear about a player is his size or his toughness or his heart, don't take that player. If the very yeah. first thing in a scouting report someone could come up with is he's big, nope. He's got a great heart, nope. He's a really tough guy, nope. No, sorry, no. That's not the way that this works. Yeah, and that's not to say size is bad, of course, but, no. you know, for instance, when, when it was Chris Kreider, you know, a freak of nature with his, you know, strength and whatever, but it was, you know, it was more of, you know, here's, here's his athleticism, here's how he utilizes his, his strength to make plays, you know, it wasn't just, oh, he's a big body, you know, and that in itself justifies, you know, that self-justifying, you know, it, it, it's got to be, you know, he does these things well, and it's because of his size, not he has size. Um, so, I, you know, and, but, like, the thing is, like, de- defense is one thing, and, you know, it's a bro- we've been a broken record by now in terms of, you know, skepticism and how the Rangers ra- rate defensemen. But, you know, I, I, I looked it up before, before the podcast started um, because I had a feeling this would come up. And the, la- the last time the Rangers drafted a forward, you know, whether first round, seventh round, whatever, who, who was one of those kind of self-justifying with size picks? 2010, you know, Jason Wilson, Randy McDonald, um, who who never made it, of course, because they were just big guys who couldn't play. But nonetheless, I digress. Point being, that that doesn't seem to be the Gordy Clark and the, the scouting staff's mo. They kind of they like athletic guys. They like thoughtful guys, um, guys who play two-way games you know, when it comes to forward. So, you know, I, 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 it's not something I'm too worried about. They like the, uh, the high IQ players. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And especially in the later rounds, they seem to go, I think, Adam, it was you who said, you know, if you have a late round pick and you don't know who to pick, just take a guy from Sweden because those guys all yeah, come exactly. from the school of, you know, smart hockey players. At the very least, you have a guy who – knows how to play the game, is a good skater, north-south, you know what I mean? You're, you're getting one of those yeah. players, and um, stereotypical maybe, but a good stereotypical. I don't know if that's okay. It's not like the lazy Russian stereotype. Um, it's, a good, it's a good stereotype. But that is more or less where the Rangers, I think, are going to end up falling because, like I said, they don't have a ton of draft picks this year. So unless you're moving and this again, we're, we've speculated more on this show than I think I intended to, but the more we talk about it, the more I realize it's almost impossible to articulate what you think the Rangers are going to do because there's just too many, there's too many ways that this thing can break. But if you do yeah, trade for say yeah. the seventh overall pick from Arizona, say you do move step on and you get that seventh overall pick 
Um, do you take a guy there and then trade 21 away and get more picks that way? Do you trade seven away and, and maybe go into the low teens and then get another pick maybe at the late first round or early second round mm-hmm. and you have 21 anyway? There's a lot of, of movement you can do. So if the Rangers are that focused on something like this, again, you're going to take an actual NHL caliber player. In this case, we're, we're referencing Stepan away to make a number seven pick happen. But if you're going to trade him anyway, and you're going to go down the road of Thornton and getting Smith or keeping Smith and getting Shattenkirk, that might not be the worst idea in the world. I, I think I would be very surprised if the Rangers did nothing at the end of the day tomorrow. I really would be. If they finish the first round and there's no trades and no nothing, I think I would be very surprised. Um, so to finish the show, I will ask, Adam, what do you think the Rangers will do tomorrow? Do you think Stefan is a Ranger by the end of the day? Oh God, man, you're killing me. I, 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 I just feel like the the, pro, the problem with the Rangers, man, and like it in a lot of ways, it's it's frustrating. In a lot of ways, it's fun, and in, in most ways, it's to the team's advantage, fun or not, because they they keep their cards close. Like we know this, the Rangers are very good from management, from to you know players to the Rangers PR team. They're just absolutely phenomenal at keeping things secret until they want – if something leaks, it's because they want it to leak for their own benefit, you know, and great for them. So <laughs> compared to other teams where, you know, like the Everlay trade has been kind of broadcast for almost a year now, right? Like the Rangers, things just kind of break, whether it's this, the Broussard trade last year, you know, whatever, whatever it is, they just kind of – you know, all that being said, I'm going to just predict – Stefan is traded, and my only reason for saying so is because we haven't heard anything to the contrary in terms of, you know, actually this is what they'll do instead. But like I said, they're kind of they're unbelievably good at that kind of just, you know, misdirection and and, and making things leak and come public when they want them to. But nonetheless, my prediction is that's kind of the path of least resistance right now. He's traded. Mika. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that they that that Stepan is still a Ranger. Um, I I would think I would like bet that they they trade down a little bit, um, because they, what they like the first and then they like a first, the fourth, the fifth, right? They don't have a, they don't have a second. Yes, they don't have a second. They don't have a third. I mean, right. like you know, if, if you kind of like, if if you believe in Gordy Clark, you know, maybe you can, uh you know, stock up on seconds and thirds if you trade down a little bit. But, you know, again, it depends on who falls and who feels about what and whatever. Um, but, I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, I don't think I don't think tomorrow's a hard deadline for the Rangers personally. I mean, obviously no. the draft is, like, a great, like, you know, uh, time and place to make moves if you're, if you're inclined to make moves. But, you know, like the buyout window's open until July 1st. Um, you know, maybe they – they they also have the opportunity to like to talk with Shattenkirk officially if they haven't like you know figured out how much he's going to cost if that's the idea and then like there's the Klein thing where it's like you know do the Rangers like are, are they counting on him to retire you know or what so there's a whole there's like a whole lot of variables so I wouldn't put like tomorrow on a hard cap so I'll just say um, Rangers will trade down some picks uh, but step on stays and they'll do stuff later maybe mm-hmm. yeah I think one, one thing I would just like to one thing I would just like to add that I don't think we've addressed is that 
it's a bit of a game of chicken too, because the Rangers are the, are not the only team dangling a, a, a top six, you know, a great young top six center out there. And, Agreed. you know, if, if Matt Duchesne or Alex Galchenyuk, or, you know, even if it's, you know, Nate McKinnon, uh, if one of those guys is the first to move, then, you know, that might significantly reduce the Rangers, you know, leverage and, and market. So that's the, other, the one other uh, problem that, you know, the Rangers have to navigate is how do we kind of find, you know, the soft spot between maximizing the value versus overplaying our hands and ruining our market. So it's, it's, that's, that's the one pressure I would say is that in, in a vacuum, step on of course, or whatever, it does not have to be made tomorrow, but they have to make sure they're not the ones, you know, in the game of musical shares who's left without a seat at the end of it. Yeah. The only other benefit of that other guys like Galchenyuk being on the market and other centers is if you know two teams are hot and heavy for a player, player X, and team A does not get player X, you usually have the advantage of saying, hey, I have the other piece that you might be looking for. But more often than Mm. not, it just drives the value down. So you want to be the first guy off the boat for sure. You want to be the guy to swing the deal and say, hey, listen, this is the guy that you want. This is what you need to do. You got to pay up for it. And who knows? I don't think Stepan's a ranger. I really don't. I think there's way too much smoke um, for there not to be fire on that one. But I guess that's why they go yeah. through everything. Um, you can follow Nika at twitter.com slash hockey stat minor. Adam at twitter.com slash Adam Z Herman. Me at twitter.com slash blue shirt banter. And of course, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. Nika, Adam, thank you both for jumping in. I appreciate you guys, uh, especially Adam, who knew he was coming on the show literally three minutes maybe before it began. Um, and Mika, who knew yesterday? Yeah, you were the, but you're an appreciated Clendenning, so that's good, right? You know, yeah, you're the guy that we really appreciate. Just, yeah. All right. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. We will see what happens tomorrow, or if you're listening to this after the draft, you know, but whatever. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>